0: Considering that it was the first global Indian collaboration of sort, I felt like I actually needed to make something which connects both with their current audience and reflect my ideologies as well of putting India on a map.
1: We're the Majority Group, and this is Style as Identity, where we profile the designers and founders whose mere existence shifts our understanding of the style status quo. We're your hosts. I'm Lola Katero. And I'm Frankie Uquazim. And after years of
2: settling for style that didn't represent us, we set out to find the brands that did. Join us each episode as we learn from brands that are an extension of their values, identity, and aesthetic. And because of them, we're seen and represented. India Brand Equity Foundation reports that India is one of the world's largest fabric producers, exporting textile and apparel products all over the globe, with the U.S. as the top export location from 2019 to 2020. And we couldn't help noticing that India's manufacturing influence doesn't match its cultural influence here in the U.S., Today we're chatting with Prakar Chauhan, founder of Prakar, a brand based in India that is flipping the narrative and putting Indian culture and design leadership on the global stage.
1: All right, let's meet this prince of prints, Prakar, hear about his collab with LA-based streetwear brand The Hundreds, and see his funky and energetic illustrations on high-key but casual silhouettes. Get these visuals. Text us, Prkar. that's P-R-X-K-H-X-R, to us at the number 833-495-4773 to see these prints close up. Let's do this.
2: Hi, Prakar. <laughs> Hi, Prakar. Hey, hi guys. Great to have you. Yeah, we're so excited to talk to you today and to get to see your amazing print live. (laughs) Your outfit today. Something that Lola and I have noticed is that Prakar plays across different categories like streetwear, lifestyle, you name it, and you can even tell us even more yourself. And so Given that, we wanted to understand who the Prakar community is and how you want them to feel when they're engaging with your brand, interacting with you, but also like wearing what you produce and create.
0: What I target as my ideal customer, I want to make them feel really nice and really comfortable in all of the clothes I make. So that's something I place a lot of importance on basically i want to make clothes which people feel like they can chill in that's what the whole brand philosophy or idea is based on is that these are clothes meant to make you feel just you know you're living like a very casual life i tend to make clothes which basically help in getting to that stage where they feel comfortable enough in the clothes that they can be themselves and not feel that they have to act a certain way or things like that.
1: The idea of comfort is interesting because when I look at your clothes, it looks like comfort manifests both from the fit, but then also the aesthetic and the print. So when you say comfort, you're not just talking about like a nice athleisure outfit or nice like sweatsuit because that's really comfortable. It's different than that.
0: Yeah, it's different in that in the way that the fabrics I use. So I tend to use only handspun, and hand-woven cotton, silk, and fabrics like that, and they're blank. So these are fabrics which are really light against your skin, so they feel really nice. I think sometimes what I make, the clothes, they tend to lean more toward maybe like a resort.
1: I mean, I'd love to wear something that I always feel like I'm on a resort and <laughs> chilling <laughs> and hanging out. That sounds great. And so why was it important for you to make this a gender fluid or unisex brand?
0: I always feel like clothes don't have to have any certain tags or boxes to fit in because I personally have bought some pieces from the women's section. And I've really liked some stuff from the kids section as well as some brands, but I can't fit into that. But yeah, I feel like clothes should not be boxed into certain categories unless they're really specific. But yeah, I feel like what I make, anybody can wear the clothes. I don't want to limit my identity as such to I only do men's wear, I only do women's wear. I feel like anybody can wear them if they feel like it.
2: What I like about that is you're letting people decide for themselves. And it changes both the shopping and the dressing experience because... Instead of saying like, oh, I'm going to go into my assigned box and then see what I can find there. You're starting like with yourself and like what speaks to you, period. And then going from there. I know me personally, I think there's a lot of benefit to that because you're right. Definitely have found some great things in the kids section. (laughs) I (laughs) definitely agree with you can't wear, but again, it's what speaks to me, right? Like I'm like, oh, I can envision this with other things I have in my closet, or this is something that I feel good in, or I feel like my fun self in or my business self in, but whatever it is, I think that's really important, both from a like identity perspective, but also from an expression perspective, something that we also want to understand given that you're not creating for a specific person in that way is like how do you then start your process of figuring out what you're going to make what do you think about
0: so that's why right now what my creative process is is that that's why I start with print because that way I don't have to think of a certain silhouette in mind because I don't make specific categories in terms of men's wear, women's wear, stuff like that. So that's why my creative process is like that I start with an idea of what I want to make the artwork or the print based on because it's a print based brand at the end of the day. I come up with an idea and then I start looking for references and stuff from where I can pull from different elements and maybe come up with a completely different visual look for the idea. And then I start drawing the individual motifs and then pulling them all together on Photoshop, making them into a print and then coloring them, filling them up and then putting them back again in a repeat. So yeah, and then once the print is ready, then I decide, okay, now this is the size I want to print it at. And then depending on that size of the motif or the print, then I decide that this will look good on a shirt, maybe, or this will fit well on a shorts sort or of a pair of pants, or even bucket hats.
2: Especially bucket hats. Yeah. <laughs> Especially
1: the bucket hats. <laughs> what I like about that is you start with the print and then you ask yourself what canvas is best suited to give this print what it deserves, this showcase. And you mentioned a little bit about the elements that you want to use to create these prints. So where do you get your influence from? Where do you draw inspiration from?
0: I always feel like I've been drawn toward animals since back when I was a kid. I feel like everybody is drawn to different animals in a way or another. I feel like they're a good connecting point for everybody. And then from my love for animals stemmed my love for florals or stuff like that. So... Because the brand identity is based in such a way that it's mostly natural fabrics and stuff, I tend to use only influences found within nature and nothing which is too man-made or stuff like that. So it's all organic usually and you will rarely find very straight lines or boxed up geometric pattern. So yeah, nature is where I find a lot of my influence from.
1: All right, so what animal are you most vibing with right now?
0: I've always been drawn toward Bengal tiger. So I tend to use that a lot, but then I want to make more stuff based on that. But then I feel like if I overdo the tiger, people will get bored of it too easily. So I'm spacing the prince out a little.
2: What's your connection with the tiger? Like, why the tiger?
0: I remember this one incident when I went to... The local zoo here, back when I was a kid with my family, for the first time, like, before then, I had never been to a zoo, and I think I was in second or third grade, and I remember seeing a tiger there walking by. I just liked how, for some reason, it looked very scary to me, but at the same time, I felt like it's such a majestic animal, like, it's so huge, it's so beautiful. I guess that's where it stemmed from. And then now it's showing in my work as well.
1: Can't argue with that. I mean, <laughs> it's true. It's true. All those big cats are just into it, very into it. A lot of your pieces also important for you to thread aspects of your Indian culture into the prints. And so I'd love to talk a little bit more like what does that look like for you?
0: So, I think that with the customer or the client base I have, or the people who follow me or interact with my work, I feel like I have a lot of audience outside of India also. And I feel like it's important as a designer to reflect that in my work, that unique identity. So, for example, this collection I did a while back, that was based on this Indian author, slash film director, slash poet, Satyajit Ray. He's considered an icon here. And that's what I feel like his work speaks to a lot of us Indians here in a way that Indian and yet it's contemporary. It sits right in the middle. So I feel like that's something which I want to reflect in my work as well and then I developed this whole collection where I did prints inspired from that and some visual references from stuff like back when India was a colony under the British Empire and stuff like that. So that's where I take some inspiration from as well.
2: Yeah, that's really cool because, I mean, you mentioned. How important it is to stay rooted and in reference source from Indian culture, especially Indian art and doing so knowing how much of a global footprint you have. And so I like that you're kind of storytelling and almost like this could be a way that they learn more about Indian culture in the way that they're wearing something. They understand the meaning of it now. It's a literal connection to it that goes a step further than just like reading about it, watching it. So I think that's very cool. Real quick, everyone. The person we're talking about here, Satyajit Ray, widely considered one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, most commonly known for his film Pathar Panchali. He was also a screenwriter, author, illustrator, calligrapher, you name it. Highly recommend you check him out. He's an artist in many forms. He was an artist in many forms. And something that Lola and I couldn't help but notice when we were looking at your Instagram, deciding how many of the things we could possibly purchase from your website (laughs) without like going overboard. And so you draw from art. Lola talked about canvas earlier, which I loved of like, you have your print and then you figure out the best canvas. So there's a lot of like art based language and inspiration happening here, but you're also making clothes. And so something we wanted. To think about is like, on the one hand, you create these unique prints that feel like a work of art, but you also talk at the beginning about comfort. We've also heard you talk about creating clothing that's functional and like for daily use, not just like if you have a special event. So it's like, how do you see your creations like clothes, art, both and why?
0: I see my creation more like in like this whole body of work which I've created. I consider it more to be an art project for me because back when I was in school I wanted to be an artist because my mom's an art teacher. I always wanted to be an artist as well. But then I quickly realized it's very hard to make a living as an artist. And I wanted to support myself in like very quickly my art professor in school. He recommended to me that art and design, they have a similar thought process. Like if you can think of one thing, you can think of another, and then you can adapt yourself to different medium. So he recommended that I maybe consider going to a design school. And then I started reading up on it. And then I actually felt like I can do this. I can use my creation or my art skills to make prints. And then through that, I can make clothes. So the clothing part came much later when I enrolled in design school. Before then, I wasn't planning on being a designer. But then all of it came so organically that I felt like it was a good fit, and then that's what I've been doing ever since. So it's more like an art project for me.
1: It's an art project that you have creative control over the prints, but you need to involve a lot of people to help bring this art to life. And so I'd love to chat a little bit deeper about what your manufacturing and printing process is like and who you involve and who helps you bring it to life with the world.
0: So starting with print, most of the stuff I've done so far have been developed by me. I have hired a couple of people here and there in the middle, but most of the stuff you see is hand-drawn by me from scratch. And then I develop the prints myself. I color them up myself. The materials I use, so I tend to use hand spun and hand woven fabrics like I said earlier because I feel like they provide a certain sense of luxury and comfort at the same time because I feel like if you find out that something has been made from scratch, I feel like it adds a much more sentimental value to it. So I buy most of my fabrics from this organization by the government of India called Hadi India and then I get that fabric printed. In, on the outskirts of Delhi, that's where all of the printing happens. And then I get the printed fabric back to me here in my, where I stay. And then I work with these bunch of tailors whom I outsource all the production to. So it's a very long process, but always worth it.
1: This organization, Kadi. what made you decide to select them as your partners?
0: So like I said, I started in a design school. So I was in the textile design department. The design school I went to, that government-sponsored school. So they place a lot of importance on uplifting all the smaller communities spread right throughout India because India has a lot of smaller craft villages. We call them craft clusters there. So all these craft clusters, we are taught a lot about those during our course in design school. So I felt like a lot of my affection for all the materials and all the colors that comes from me being taught about all this a lot back during my university days. So I felt like I knew enough about them to feel comfortable with the materials because I've noticed I'm a little hesitant to work with new materials or stuff like that. So I felt like I knew enough about them that I can just dive right into it. And I took that as my choice of fabrics or organization to work with basically.
2: That's really cool. Just from listening to you talk, Prakar, you can see that, like you said, it's a long process. It's a slow process. It's in a lot of ways, like hand manually done. So it's very personal. You talked about how, and I agree, there is sentimental value in wearing something that you not only, like you said earlier, there's a story to it. And then there's also like, there was someone who made it and spent their time making it. And so I think that that paints a pretty good picture of how much intention you put into creating locally. But you don't just create locally, like you create for locals as well. Like, and something that we know is that India is one of the largest producers of fabric, like cotton, jute, silk, and producing it on a global scale, like for the rest of the world, both textiles and apparel. And so a lot of the cloth and fabric is exported to places like the US and other parts of the world. And We've also heard you talk about U.S.-based brands, like being influencers in some sense, both U.S. culture and U.S.-based brands being influencers. And so something that we would love to hear about is your collaborations that you've done with brands outside of India, like the hundreds. And you talked a little bit earlier about how important it is to continue to go back and reference Indian culture, even when you're creating for people outside of India. And so how do you maintain that approach, like something that honors your culture and experience while creating pieces that engage a broader audience? Like, how do you stay firm in that?
0: So how the collaboration came to be, firstly, was back during the first lockdown here in India. I was two bored just sitting on my bed, scrolling through Instagram, and then I see a photographer I follow. He had shared that this was a nice book or whatever, and then he had shared the book Bobby wrote. This is not a t-shirt. It's the title of the book.
1: Bobby from the hundreds.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then I decided to read it because I was too bored clearly. So I thought might as well read something bad spend on Instagram. And I read the whole book and I was so inspired by it that I thought I'll just send a quick message to Bobby on Instagram. Shoot your shot.
1: Shoot your shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And then I read expect an ask text back, but then he actually did and then that's how our conversation started around my work i asked him for some feedback basically like how can i maybe make changes to my stuff to maybe appeal to a wider audience and that's how our whole conversation started and then we actually decided to work together and for that they gave me complete freedom in terms of i could do whatever i wanted And considering that it was the first global Indian collaboration of sort, I felt like I actually needed to make something which connects both with their current audience and reflect my ideologies as well of putting India on a map and then taking inspiration from Indian stuff. So the main print I did for the collaboration, my idea was that I'll basically show something which their brand already uses so that's where the white tiger comes from plus I was fond of tigers anyway and they told me that it's a recurring motif of theirs so I thought I'll use that and then I put peacocks there because peacock considered the national bird of India and I thought it will be a nice representation of a tiger which is their sort of motif and a peacock which is sort of where I come from and have them engaging with each other in a way that it looked like, almost like an action scene. That makes sense. But yeah, that's where the whole idea of this came from. I think it turned out nice.
1: Yeah. Well, what that story tells me is like your brand really is flipping a narrative. I mean, we've heard Bobby speak, and you know, people are in his DMs all the time and wanting feedback on their brand, but he saw yours and was like, oh, like we need to do a collab. And I think that really comes through in how your approach to print is and how rooted it is in yourself and the
2: stories you'd like to tell. Also, you talk about putting India on the map and it's like India's already on the map. (laughs) Like it's literally producing so much of the fabric that we're all wearing. But as Lola was saying, like what this story shows is that you're showing that it's not just about that fabric coming out of India and then selling it back to people in a different form, like both the fabric and the ideas and the apparel itself is something that, everyone can can consider buying and shopping. And I think that that's a really great difference. But Lola, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I see you have a good question up your sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> well, for everyone that's texted us and
1: gotten the visual guide, that's great. You know what we're talking about. Or go to Prakar's Instagram because what I want to talk about next is your like lifestyle shots, the reels on your Instagram, the photos have such a distinct aesthetic from the visuals to the music. And kind of this whole universe of Prakar from the prints to the worlds you create to showcase these prints. How do you define this visual aesthetic that manifests into these assets? And is it informed at all by the prints?
0: Again, I want to put all of my brand ideology into everything I'm connected with or I do. And I feel like putting out this visual language where it's mostly short outdoors in natural sunlight. And it's all very pleasing, that's something which I feel like complements what I do a lot. So that's a very conscious decision I chose to make, that no matter what I do, I'll put a focus on using these elements all of my shoot, so that they give you a nice, warm feeling, like you don't feel heavy looking at them. And then it takes me quite some time to find the right people and the right collaborators for this, but I feel like it plays a huge part in me putting out all this into the world I feel like it takes some time but I feel like it's worth it. So it's a little slow for me to connect with the right people and collaborate with the right people for all my visuals and even my music. The music I use in my reels, some of that has been developed by my friends from scratch. So I have a few friends who are musicians too. So for the hundred the reels we did for the hundred, all that music was made by my friends from scratch. I told them the vibe I wanted and then they sort of came up with all that. So It's nice putting in that effort because at the end of it, when I see the visuals, I feel nice knowing that a lot of people were behind this project and putting all these visuals out there.
2: Damn, that is very cool. I mean, we talked earlier about the manufacturing process and the printing process, but based on what you and Lola are saying, there's also like a production process as well that goes into how we process the brand, which is very cool. And it's a lot of unique elements that all then blend together to make something even more unique. And to us, like we feel like you're looking at the video music, like the visuals that you have to present some of these new pieces kind of does the same thing that your prints do. Like it almost feels like we're escaping. (laughs) 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 Like we want to keep looking at it and we see new things every time because it's so layered and textured which is really cool. Like Lola was describing this to me earlier and talking about how she actually used similar words that you did. Like she used calm, (laughs) like the calm after the rain. And so you used calm as well, but it really does put us in a bit of a mood and kind of sets the tone for making us feel like we're in a completely different place. So I keep going back to what you said about comfort when we first started talking, but it just goes to show like comfort has so many levels to it. It's not just about like the materials.
0: I feel like brand visuals have a lot of importance and for some reason, some people don't put as much emphasis as they should, because I really feel like sometimes I have felt like all the visuals I put for a specific product or a collection, I felt like without the visuals, probably half the people would be interested in that. But the visuals elevate to a level where I can reach to a wider audience. So I feel like it's a nice medium
1: one observation I had about that was when I was doing my research on different brands I noticed that your brand is in a lot of roundups of brands to shop and with my marketing hat on I'm like if I'm sourcing a list of brands that I think people would be interested in I'm gonna look at the visuals and say like does this accurately communicate the product and like make people want to learn more about it and I look at yours and it just does it so well it's so like inviting and it transports me and makes makes me feel like it just embodies kind of some of the feelings that I would have when putting on the garment. And so I think it's great because it actually represents your brand and where you're coming from and is authentic to you, like a business side of it. Also, it's smart because it articulates the world that you are bringing them into. So I just wanted to highlight that, you know?
0: <laughs> I'm glad you like the visual yeah, i trying to put out some good work, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's Um, working. It's working. (laughs) As we wrap things up, we noticed on your website, you have this very fun things we love, things we hate list. And you and Frankie bonded over your mutual affection for a kid cuddy humming. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the idea for that came from a friend of mine. He basically, this happened like, A couple of months back, I was on a vacation with a couple of my friends in Goa. I was there for two weeks and just chilling on the beach and sleeping outside in the sun and stuff like that. And then we were just talking and then he told me, I was telling him basically that I feel like I don't put out enough of myself out there because I feel a certain level of awkwardness. And he told me that there's this thing you can do where you can be like, These are the things I like, these are the things I hate, and then that can be a good enough list that people get to know you without you actually having to talk about yourself. So I felt like that was a very neat trick. And then immediately I sat down on my computer and then made the list of all the things I liked, all the things I hate. And that's still evolving. So if there's anything which I don't hate anymore or which I don't like anymore, I remove it or replace it with something else.
2: I'm going to steal that tactic, by the way. But I noticed that (laughs) on the list, hype culture is under the section of things we hate. Is that still the case? And why does it belong there?
0: (laughs) So it has happened with me quite sometimes that I would really... It's also a personal thing and also... As a designer. So it's personal. Like the, why it's personal is because there are some times where I really like this new sneaker which launched and then I go out to buy it. I can't buy it. And then it's reselling on the resale platform for four or five times the price, which I feel like affects the reachability of that product to actual customers a lot. And basically I feel like a lot of people are sort of profiting off of the supply and demand of the actual product. Like they necessarily don't offer much in terms of the creation of the product, but then they'll assess the needs of it and sort of become middlemen. So that's something which I sort of don't agree with. And I feel like it does more harm than good. Like it certainly puts the product on an elevated platform that the product becomes almost like an aspiration to a lot of people. But I feel like it takes the actual product out of the people's hands who really want to maybe wear the sneakers, for example. And now it's gone to somebody who's trying to resell it for four or five times the price just to make some quick money. So that's something I sort of don't agree with.
1: Spoken like a true artist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Give the people what they want
0: yeah. and yeah. don't yeah. exploit
1: them. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing this. We'd love to know what's next.
0: So, right now, like I told you, I manufacture... Right now, all the clothes are made at a unit which I outsource the production to. So, right now, I'm setting up my own production unit here in Delhi. So, I'm tied up with all of that stuff. There's a lot of running around in terms of getting all the walls repainted, getting all of the things cleaned up, buying the machinery and stuff like that. Congrats. So, I'm working oh, on big. that right now. and There's a new collaboration I worked on recently. That's about to release. So we are now in the in planning the shoot for the collaboration. So that's something I've been tasked with. So I'm excited for that. So that's what I'm sort of occupied with these days.
1: Back of the house, front of the house, operations. That's wonderful. <laughs> well can't wait to see it all come to life. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. I'm excited.
2: Prakar, it's been so good talking with you today. Like as fans of the brand, like we kind of came in with a few ideas of some of what you do and then talking to you has just expanded that beyond belief. Like you are, as Lila just said, you're doing a lot and (laughs) how much you do doesn't create distance between what we actually end up wearing ourselves. Like you do a lot, but it's all very focused. Right. And you said it takes time, but it creates these garments that we can all kind of be proud of and transport us, you know, to different elements of ourselves. So, Thank you so much for the time. It is so good just hearing from you, hearing about your experiences, and we can't wait to see what's up next. Yes. Thank
1: you. It was Thank nice you. To you well. it was nice to you, Will. You too. All right, that's a wrap on our theme of heritage. Join us next time as Frankie and I marinate on the last four conversations and ask ourselves how have our perspectives changed and what do we want to spend more time on see you there